Hi, you're listening to You're Like Really Pretty, a podcast for the girlies and the gays that love pop culture, reality TV, and the occasional juicy political scandal. I'm your host, Kayla. Oh my god, hi. How is everybody doing? I I gotta be honest, I'm having a lot of self-loathing today. So I went out last night, just like a little cute, you know, karaoke get together type situation. Of course, I didn't sing karaoke because I'm a square and I will never relinquish control. I do have a fantasy of like getting on the stage and singing Sweater Weather by the neighborhood. Like that, that's my fantasy. Like whenever I get the self-confidence that I'm going to do that one day, I promise I'll do it one day. It might be 10 years from now, but I will one day do it. Anyway, so I went out, my husband, of course, the stupid Navy had him working until super late and my friends um, wanted me to come out and it, I thought it was going to be like more girls and it was just me and my friend Tay. And so it was just me and my friend Tay and then like a bunch of Navy guys and nothing gives me more anxiety than dealing with Navy guys. It's just, they're like, they're jerks. And, you know, they're, not all of them. Don't get me wrong. Not all of them. But like when it's like new people I haven't met, um, I just have a lot of anxiety about meeting new men in general, but like specifically Navy guys that serve on submarines because they just like, they get around each other and they like are fucking cavemen and they're just so mean to each other and like I know that's how boys are but like I hate it I hate when anyway so we're all hanging out in this bar and that's how I know I'm getting old like I love watching uh people sing karaoke I have so much fun but this bar it seems like it was like the same people the last few times we've gone and it's the same songs and so I'm like Okay, I've seen this. Like, I feel like a hater, but I'm just like, I've seen it. I got it. We got it. Can we just like, listen, and if I was running this bar, this is how I do it. I do three songs in a row, five minute break, three songs in a row, five minute break. That is what I would do because I need to be able to chat. It's my favorite thing in the world is to sit there and cluck like a hen with people. And I'm having to scream the whole night over it so I'm complaining I'm a little tired I kind of was like I really want to hang out with Tay because she's my fave but I also really want to just be at home watching Drag Race with my husband and I was trying really hard not to like be a downer about it but I felt it coming up a little bit but so we're hanging out And, you know, it's all these Navy people and, like, Tay's husband I'm really good friends with, Jeremy, and then um, this other guy named Dio, who is Jeremy and my husband's, like, third, like, they're in a thruple. Every time we see Dio, listen, my husband's a big boy. Dio, like, picks up my husband and, like, my husband's legs, like, dangle Like, he's, like, just, like, a cute little girl. His, like, feet dangle. I'm just, like, jealous, one. Um, Two, 
I love him. He's just the sweetest. Uh, so they're there. And then um, this other guy who I've never met, I didn't really talk to him. This other guy that when we went out to Seattle, he was there. He's nice. He's a respectful boy. He's a little bit older. Like, he's new to the Navy, but he's 25. And, you know, like, so his brain is fully developed. Um, There's this other kid who my husband's talked about. And he was really funny. And he was fun. And he was a good time. But there's this other guy. I'm not going to say his name. But there's this other guy who, when I first met him, he was, like, really intense. And I, like, I kind of called him out on it. I was like, why are you being, like this like you are like you need to chill and I said something funny and like I won him over because that's like all I care about is people liking me and I just want everybody's approval and so like when I won him over I was like riding that high I was like yeah that dude I can tell he doesn't like anybody and I got him to like me so I was feeling really good so when we went out to Seattle last weekend he I wasn't there but Tay was there and he like went on this rant, I guess, about women. And like, it was kind of like deranged and like very like, I hate women, you know, like very Andrew Tate-esque. And so Tay's been kind of like side-eyeing him. And I've kind of been like, eh. And so I kind of said something about it. I was like, oh, I heard you like, don't like women. And I didn't mean that as like, you like dudes. Um, and even if he did like dudes, like who gives a fuck, but I didn't mean it that way. I was just like, Oh, I heard you hate women. And he got so like defensive and like, what are you talking about? And I was like, that's what I heard. And you know, all the guys, because they're dudes, they like got on his ass and then I just, I don't know. I, like, feel really bad about it. And then this other guy who's, like, a friend of Jeremy's, um, I feel like I kind of annoyed him. And I really need to get over that. Like, I really need to get over, like, who cares if you annoy somebody? I just, but I just, I don't know. Do you guys ever feel that way? Do you ever feel like you, like, are you wake up and you're like, oh, I was annoying. And I wasn't even like drunk. I had one drink. I was, and I asked my husband, I was like, was I annoying? And he's like, no, you were on. And I was like, I don't annoy you. Like I annoy other people. You're not a good judge. Everything I do, you think is hilarious and fun. But so I'm just feeling a little today, like, why did I have to be so annoying? So I'm just generally feeling, oh, annoyed with myself but I'll get over it I'll be fine I'll I'll spend a few hours just moping about it and you know what the crazy thing is is like nobody's even thinking about me that's the thing is like I tell my husband this all the time I'm like nobody's checking for you like that like people don't care they don't spend their time like oh my god you can you believe what she said at the bar lot like people don't care I doubt they even remember, but I remember. And so that, that was my night last night. My week was pretty good. Um, my husband's boat came back and so back to the grind with that and, but school's going really good. Um, 
a little background on my school journey. So it took me forever. I'm 29 and it it took me forever to figure out what I want to do with my life. And I've changed my mind about 5,000 times. And uh, I initially started school in 2016. I wanted to be a nurse. And uh, the program at my school, they wanted you to do a CNA course. Um, And so thank God I did that. Because uh, that was the worst time ever. And that, that was like when my mental health declined. Um, it wasn't because of school. I just think that exasperated what was kind of brewing there. It would take me many years <laughs> after that, um, like four years, to finally be like, oh, you're not okay and you need help. But yes, yeah, so I started off doing nursing and I... I did my clinicals at um, this old soldier's home and it just, it was so depressing and I went home crying every night and I was like, how do people do this? And I commend people who like it, it brings a fire and a passion for them to help people. It just like, it was too much. It was too emotional for me. And I just was like, nope, that's not it. Um, and then I like eventually started school in 2018 and it took me until December 2022 to get my associates it took me four years to get a two-year degree because I could not figure out what I wanted to do but I'm on a path now and I go to the University of Washington my I'm getting my undergrad in law and policy and then hopefully law schools next so uh the classes I'm taking right now is like right up my alley I love politics and stuff like that and so One of my classes is comparative politics, and then my other class is introduction to international organizations. And so I'm just like thriving in those. Like I'm so excited to do my homework. I'm so excited to participate in, you know, group discussions during like our lecture and everything. And I'm just feeling very proud of myself um, with that stuff. So the week has been going great. And, uh, I'm just hanging out, chilling, thriving, feeling happy. Your girl's medicated and life is just going so good lately. And I'm feeling on top of the world. So I figured that like my structure of my show, if you will, and this, you know, things can change. But as of right now, I think that, you know, I want to do a tight 10 on my life, little updates, a little kiki. And then like some, you know, current pop culture stuff that I found interesting for the week. And then we'll dive into the topic, if that sounds like a good fun time for you. So when I was on, I think it was Twitter yesterday, I kept seeing people post pictures of Reese Witherspoon and Ashton Kutcher. Listen, Reese is my girl. When it comes to white women who will be saved, Reese is top five. I love her. Listen, we're going to forget about her rant when her and her husband got pulled over in like 2012 in Nashville when they were drunk. And she's like, do you know who I am? Yeah, that cop should have fucking known who Reese Witherspoon is. So I just I choose to forget about that but I love her I love everything she's doing she's incredible anyway Ashton Kutcher you know I was in love with him when I was a kid 
Um, is he attractive? Yes. Do I love Mila Kunis? Absolutely. Will I ever forgive him for what he did to Demi Moore? Never. So people are posting pictures. I guess they're in like a new Netflix type thing. I don't know if it's a movie or a series. I'm going to guess it's a movie. Um, and these two in their press pictures, like they have zero chemistry. It's like me posing with like my teacher when I was in sixth grade. Like there's like no chemistry there. It's very odd. And I feel like Reese can have chemistry with anybody. So, you know, I got to wonder like what the situation was there. But if you haven't seen those pictures, like they're just, they're really funny. They, they're, they're very much coworkers. Okay. And so it's just like, I see that and I'm like, I'm not going to buy whatever this rom-com selling. I'm not going to buy it, but you know, good for them. Good for Ashton, you know, keep, he's working. He's got a little deal at Netflix. We love that for him. And then I saw this hilarious, I think it's so cute. Um, Olivia Benson and Elliot Stabler's relationship timeline. Like, can we talk? Is that not the most iconic thing you've ever heard? Remember when he left SVU? I was so I was so sad about it because like th- talk about chemistry. Those two, I mean, they they just like blink at each other and you're like, "Oh, you guys are going to do it, aren't you?" I love them. Love, love, love them. But I just think it's so funny that US Weekly <laughs> or US Oh my God, what's the name of this? U.S. Weekly? U.S. Magazine? What do we call it? U.S. Weekly, right? Us Weekly? Oh my God, do I not know the name of this magazine? Us Weekly. U.S. Weekly. I don't know. But I just thought it was, when I was scrolling, I was like, what am I going to talk about? And I saw this. I was like, there's the relationship timeline. I just thought that was so cute. Um, And, you know, he can get it. Like, Christopher Maloney... He, you know that you know what picture I'm talking about when he's like leaning over the car in his butt. You know what picture I'm talking about. I also am very into his GQ spread. I actually, I could do a whole episode on GQ spreads because my favorite is Seth Rogen's. But I love me some Elliot Stabler and Olivia Benson. That's mommy and daddy. Um, And then would it be a pop culture podcast if I didn't talk about Beyonce tickets? I can't handle if I don't get to see Beyonce on this tour. Um, I think that it would be really fucked up if God did not bless me with seeing Beyonce on this tour. And I saw that somebody set up a GoFundMe to try to get Beyonce tickets. And um, I support that. I support that fully. I will go into debt to, uh, to see Beyonce. Um, I'm, I'm praying about it every day. I did the little Ticketmaster registration for the Seattle show because I'm not going to travel. Like I'm not, I don't, that's going to stress me out and that won't even be fun. But I do need to see Beyonce at um, Questfield. And yes, I said Questfield. I don't care what it's called now. It will be Questfield my forever. 
and I need to see her at Questfield. So whatever we got to do to like ensure that happens, um, that would be really awesome. And I'd really appreciate if you guys could pray for me. Thank you. And the beautiful Jennifer Grey is going to be starring in a Lifetime movie, um, Gwen Shamblin, Starving for Salvation. I know you watched that HBO documentary with that woman and the diet and losing weight and taking it to God and the hair and the makeup and the whole thing. And I I truly cannot wait to see that because... um, Jennifer Grey I love her I'm still and I think we all are still sad about that nose job and what it did to her career I one of my favorite things in the world is a woman with a strong nose I anytime we see a woman with a strong nose my husband's like I know you see that nose and I know you're very happy I love a woman with a strong nose especially like a Middle Eastern woman with a beautiful strong oh I just think it's so I'm like oh your ancestors are just like pouring out of you like it's just it's so beautiful and I'm so sad that she felt like she had to do that nose job you know I know it was like even before I was born but just makes me sad um and then of course the Pam Anderson documentary which I have watched almost all of it I sobbed because that's who I am. And I knew I was going to cry. Um, and I I just saw it because she's just so incredible. And she's so strong. And despite all of this trauma, like this unbelievable trauma this woman has gone through, like she still is leading with love and light. And that is so hard. Um, it's, it's so hard to to live in that when you've had terrible things happen to you and choosing to live in that because she has every reason in the world to hate the world like so many people have let her down and really the world at large was so abusive to her and I post about this on Facebook yes I'm still on Facebook okay it's who I am I'm a millennial I'm not gonna give it up I gave it up for like a year and I was sad because like I have things to say and Nobody was there to um, listen, like the people I know. I'm like, yeah, I can get likes on, you know, my pop culture Instagram. But like, I really want, you know, Jessica from 10th grade biology to be like, yeah, what Kayla said, she's smart. So I post on Facebook and I said, the cycle of reckoning with how society has treated women, particularly the bimbos, is so important. And there's another great podcast that I'm sure if you're a podcast listener, you know you're wrong about. And they really talk about the maligned women of the 90s and, you know, the Anna Nicole Smiths, the Tawny Harding and all that. And I think that Pam, I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope that this further pushes that conversation you know um not just like on the internet like in the real world about how we treat women and how how we hate women and we still do like society still does like they love 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 to build up somebody and 
they get so much joy out of watching them fall. Um, but Pam, she's just, she's just incredible. And there's two great sources, uh, for info about Pam. The first one is going to be where I learned a lot about her from, and it's really the inspiration of me doing this podcast. It's my favorite, favorite podcast in the entire world. It's called Dunzo, R.I.P. It's no longer, but he also has a really great podcast called Beyond the Blinds, um, and he's like very successful with that, but his name's Troy McEady, and he's like my podcast, like share Brittany, Janet, like he is like, what I'm trying to do with this is like, if I could do a 10th of what Troy's done, his personality, all of like the joy he brought me when I was in such a sad and dark time. Um, I hope I can do that. That's my goal with this. I hope I can do that for somebody, one person, and it will be all worth it. But he had, uh, I think it was when his podcast was still called The Smush Room, and he did a very in-depth series on Pam Anderson and Tommy Lee's um, relationship. And uh, I learned just so much about her from that. And then my favorite TikTok creator, Hello Teffy. And if you're not following her, what the hell is you doing? Because she is that girl. She's like the older sister that everybody wishes they had. Like she is, she's just so cool, so smart, so engaging, has this personality that is just like, she's just oozing with personality. And she did a really, and she talks about like, she talks about pop culture and she loves, you know, she loves to gossip like with the best of them, but she does all of her, like TikTok videos when she does these series, she does it with so much love for, and she particularly focuses pretty much on women or, you know, women in their relationships when she does these big series. But the way she talks about trauma and abuse and addiction, she, it's just so, there's just so much empathy and compassion from her and, she I when she drops a, a new series like I buckle up and I'm like oh I can't wait to cry for her Princess Diana one oof that gets me that gets me so um those are you know if you if you only know Pam as being like the sex goddess of the 90s and 2000s and like you don't really know a lot and you want to learn a lot those are the two things that I would always recommend is the Dunzo episodes and um, Hello Teffy's series on Pam and Tommy. So I, I just, I watched that, that documentary and it, I started watching it pretty late and I just like had cried so much and I was like, I need a break and I'm going to finish it probably tomorrow I started um this new skincare thing tretononin tretinone I don't I don't know people abbreviate tret so I just say tret but I started it and it is intense and I started on the like the very baby baby one the 0.01 percent um and you have to I've you have to like ease into this shit and 
I accidentally fucked up somehow and got it near my eyes. And so I know I'm going to sob finishing the Pam doc. I don't want to cry with my eyes being like this. So I need to like wait until my eyes have situated themselves and then I will carry on and I will give a full report on that beautiful documentary. Um, but I saw that Miss Brittany Furlan, Tommy Lee's uh, current wife, who in the documentary, Pam briefly mentions her and says, I'm really ha- like has nothing but nice things to say. And she's like, he's happy. He has a new wife. She takes really good care of him. I'm really happy for them. She's sweet. And that's it. That's all she says. And like, oh, speaking of Hello Tuffy, when she did that series on Pam and Tommy, Brittany got her panties all in a bunch over it and said some like really mean things to Tuffy. And it was like, this is all public record. Like this, this isn't something like, Tuffy's not like exposing anything that isn't already accessible. Like, Brittany, you're married to Tommy Lee. Like, you, at what point are you going to just accept that people are going to talk about what an abusive piece of shit he is? And, like, girl, you like last summer on TikTok, she posted this thing and she took it down very quickly, but he was like on a. I think he was on like a boys trip and um, she's like, you said this was a boys only trip. And then come to find out there's a bunch of, I think she said sluts uh, on this trip. And they're like six year old man with like, you know, like 25 year olds. And she was just like, she went off about it. And I'm like, well, it's nobody. She doesn't deserve that at all. But like, you're putting your shit about him in public and you're going to be mad that a TikTok creator is going to talk about it when you're also a TikTok creator. I don't know. But she posted this thing, this TikTok again, she posted and then deleted it within like um, four minutes, but you know, the internet lives forever. People got it. And she did the Pamela Anderson filter and it's the Wendy Willingham sound where, oh, she died. Oh, no. And Brittany was like, Pam, if I died and did that. And then like panned over to Tommy and um, Brittany, I don't, I say this with all due, with all due, with the utmost respect. Uh, if... No, this is not a respectful thing whatsoever. If Pam said, Tommy, come home, Tommy would go back. And I hope Pam doesn't. I I don't want, she deserves so much more than that. And, but Brittany, listen, you're getting your clicks on, on your TikTok and, and people, um, people are going to your page. So just get over it 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 will blow over but your husband's a piece of shit so good luck I guess I'm just saying like her her whole online presence 
is about being Tommy Lee's wife. Like that's where she, I guess she was a big Vine star. Um, and, you know, I knew a thing or two about Vine back in the day. Uh, could I make a Vine? No. Um, could I figure out how to use the app? No. But, you know, I'd, I'd watch the cute little compilations on YouTube. And I, so I guess she was huge. Like she was huge on, and I recognized she's had a lot of work done. So like, when I was like, let me look at these, Brittany. I was like, oh, it's that girl. Um, but her whole, like, when she showed up on my TikTok, it was a really funny. She is funny. Brittany is, like, hilarious. Um, I think she's really funny. But her TikTok that I saw was, like, I guess Tommy Lee is, like, really into bonsai trees. And she was, like, making a funny little thing about, like, him and his bonsai trees. And so I just kind of, like yeah, Brittany, your whole thing is being Tommy Lee's wife and being married to Tommy Lee and him being a rock star. So I'm just, I'm confused. Like you want us to know you're married to Tommy Lee. And when we talk about you being married to Tommy Lee, you don't like it, but you know what? That's her right. She doesn't like it. She doesn't like it, but you know, I'm going to still comment on it. All right. You know, we're just, already a half hour in I I could just keep talking about current stuff but we might as well start the actual episode of like what I I wanted the theme of this episode to be so if you clicked on it you already know what I'm talking about Benefer but I'm not talking about Benefer 2.0 I am talking about Benefer 1.0 um aka the first celebrity relationship I followed uh you know one of the things that birthed my love of pop culture was Benefer 1.0 so I have this thing where um I repeat myself a lot with stories uh and I do this thing with everybody but really with my husband because he's who I talk to the most um and I go the year was to you know so he knows let's take it back so the year was 2002 and I was nine. Um, you know, I was deep in sorrow about 9-11 and yeah, I'm going to take it to a place of 9-11 uh, because I, again, I'm a millennial and um, it's pretty much a cornerstone of my personality to relate everything in my life to pre 9-11, post 9-11. This is post 9-11. Um, you know, nationalism was at an all-time high. My parents had me wearing, uh, you know, in remembrance t-shirts with the airplane numbers and pictures of the Twin Towers and the Pentagon. We were, full, you know, we were red, white, and blue. Toby Keith, put a boot in your ass. It's the American way. Yeah, my parents got, you know, we got sucked up into uh, the George W. Bush of it all. So... Um, 2002, I'm sad because like, you know, I watched a bunch of people die and it's all anybody's talking about. And, uh, I, I needed an escape and my escape came in the form of Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck. Um, so a little, if, if somehow you don't know who these two people are, I wrote a little tiny, uh, thing down, um, Jennifer Lynn Lopez, born in 1969. Yeah, 
1969. She looks like that and she's born. Not that that's old, okay? We need to stop treating women like once they hit 40, they expire. Um, Because, hello, Jane Fonda. Like, she's who I always point to. Like, has she gotten help? Yeah, who gives a fuck? But she's still Jane Fonda and looks like that. And if you're somebody who doesn't like Jane Fonda and you want to go Hanoi Jane and go all off on that, I implore you to watch her documentary, Jane Fonda and Five Acts, because it's life-changing. Um, and then you can come and talk to me about Hanoi Jane. Jennifer Lopez, born 1969 in the Bronx. Yes, I'm still, I'm still Jenny from the block. And she's a Puerto Rican princess. I, you know, as a brown girl with, with a butt that happened very early, I was always very happy about Jennifer Lopez. But when we look back on it, like we're used to the BBLs now. And so when you look back on JLo's ass, which is a beautiful rump, but when you look back on it, you're like, her ass wasn't even that big. So why were we tripping so much? But I guess it was big for the time. Um, I always knew of her getting her like first big thing as being a fly girl on in living color, but she actually had her first movie role. It was like a small role, um, when she was 16 in 1986 on a movie called my little girl. But what really like took her to crazy heights you know, was a was a film called Selena. To this day, it's on site with Yolanda. I'm pretty sure uh, her parole is up soon, um, or something like that. And uh, I hope she knows these streets are waiting, waiting. Okay, if there's one thing that will unite race relations in this world, it's uh, it's Yolanda and what she did. But uh, Selena came out in 1997, and that really, like, took J-Lo really, you know, to the next level. And then two years later, she came out with her own album, which I love. And if you know anything about this album, she's not really singing on it. Um, But that's an episode for a different time. But she came out with On the Six, and uh, that, that really cemented JLo as being that girl um she was dating Diddy (laughs) Diddy when is he gonna have his reckoning and I know that like Julia Roberts who I love obviously I know she's the rom-com queen but for me me personally in this household um there's a, a a trinity holy grail if you will and it's when it comes to rom-coms, it's um, made in Manhattan, which is very important to me. Okay. Very, very important to me. The entire movie. Maybe I'll watch that after this. But made in Manhattan, The Wedding Planner, which is a very important. Why was she playing Italian? We'll never know. But that's a very important movie to my dad. That was like, he loves Sweet Home Alabama and The Wedding Planner. Love those movies. Uh, and then Monster-in-Law. Because we're going we're gonna to tie it all in. Jane Fonda. Those are the holy grail of rom-coms for me. Is those three movies. Um, and so J-Lo. She's, she at, at the point of her and Mr. Ben Affleck getting together. Like she'd already established that. Yeah. I can sing. Allegedly. I can dance. Absolutely. And your girl. She can act a little bit. 
Um, and there's Mr. Benjamin Jiza Affleck. Uh, I had to Google how to pronounce it, and I looked at two pronunciations. Because I would have said Geza, but both of them said Jiza. So Benjamin Jiza Affleck. And guess what I learned, okay? I thought I knew a lot about this man. He wasn't born in Massachusetts. He was born in Berkeley. Okay, I feel like I was lied to. I feel like I've been deceived. Um, and I don't know, it's not sitting right with my soul that he wasn't born in Massachusetts. But they moved there when he was three. Uh, and he grew up in Cambridge. Um, his mom is Harvard educated. His dad sounds like he was a piece of shit, uh, which hopefully Ben has made the connection in that situation but um his first role which I did know because if you watch the VH1 shows the e-true Hollywood stories you know that his first role was a Burger King commercial when he was like 12 and uh and then um his first leading role was chasing Amy in 97 but what really happened in 97 which I just put it together Selena in 97 and then a little movie you might know Goodwill Hunting that little that little thing you know that little cute movie um both in 97 like they're really they really came back to each other so uh you know honestly I didn't see Goodwill like I'd known of it uh because it it it's still very relevant um but I hadn't seen the movie ever until like five years ago and honestly, this feels a little sacrilege, but I was like, okay, cool. I don't know. It just didn't hit for me. I wish it did. Uh, there's another podcast I love, which is, <laughs> listen, I do love them the podcast, but it's like, it sometimes is a love hate, but, um, armchair expert with Dax Shepard and Monica Padman and Monica Padman loves Goodwill hunting and loves Ben and Matt and they're just everything to her. Um, and so I think actually, I think it was after that. So it was only like four years ago. Cause she talked about it so much. And I was like, I need to watch this movie. And I just was like, whatever. I mean, I liked the boys and their Boston accents because that does do something to me and makes me very excited. But I was just like, whatever. Um, it's cute. It's cool. You know, he's a janitor. La-di-da. But that that really, like, shot Ben up. Um, and then, you know, his co-star, Matt Damon, who... There is, I've always felt a little, a little like there's some dark energy with Matt Damon. There's some, there's some darkness. And then a few years ago, I learned that Minnie Driver, who is in the movie and they were dating for like a year, found out that her and Matt Damon weren't dating anymore because he told Oprah on her show that he was single. And that's how Minnie Driver found out that um, she did not have a boyfriend anymore. And then he went on to date Winona Ryder. 
and that is really cool of you, Matt Damon. I mean, I love Nona, but I also love Minnie, and she deserved better. But this isn't about Matt Damon. This is about Ben Affleck and Miss J-Lo. So where this begins, this story, is early 2002. And like I said, you know, the world was reeling from 9-11. And J-Lo and Ben Affleck, they met on... (laughs) They met on... Jiggly? (laughs) They met on that movie. And... (laughs) Do you know anything about that movie? It's a terrible movie. But that's where the love story began and that's where they met um and j-lo is married to her second husband chris judd and yeah j-lo has been married a few times um you know much like our girl pamela she is a romantic and she loves love and i will never judge somebody for getting married multiple times um it's whatever and i think you know you just need to get over it uh if you're somebody who's like triggered by that, like take a look in the mirror and figure it out. But she's married to Chris Judd when she starts this movie. And, um, and what does Ben do, uh, in April of 2002? He takes out a full page ad in variety to compliment JLo. And uh, it doesn't exactly like, you know how earlier when I was talking about Reese Witherspoon and Ashton Kutcher on the red carpet promoting their movie, this variety ad did not have that same energy. It did not uh, scream, we're co-workers. Um, here's a little snippet of it. It has been nothing but an honor and a pleasure to work with you. I only wish I were lucky enough to be in all of your movies signed with love and respect and gratitude Ben Affleck yep he did that um while she was still married he he told the world he said I he had uh you know the (laughs) Tom Cruise moment before Tom Cruise had his moment on Oprah um he said I'm gonna tell the world I love this woman. I don't care that she's married. I'm going to tell them. So uh, that's April 2002. July 24th, 2002. J-Lo and Ben are seen kissing and cuddling at a surprise birthday party for J-Lo. Um, and then two days later, two short days later, 48 hours later, J-Lo filed for divorce from Chris Judd. And I, not that... I never will subscribe to anybody being anybody else's property. Um, Especially like women. You are, no, you're not anybody's property. But I do wonder why Chris Judd didn't file for divorce. Uh, Was he trying to get her back? Um, I'd really like to know because like, why the hell is JLo filing for divorce? Like, listen, me... If somebody took out that variety ad, I've been like, what the fuck's going on to my husband? I've been like, we, what's going on? 
And if he was like, oh, I don't know. She's in love with me. Okay. Odd. But then if there's a surprise birthday party and pictures, they may have already been separated. Okay, cool. But I'm filing for divorce. Okay, that's just like what's going to happen. So JLo files from divorce for divorce. Uh, and then 10 days later, um, People Magazine paid 75 G's, 75 for nine pictures of JLo and Ben in a Bentley. Um, I'm jealous that that has never been my life. I want to ride in a convertible Bentley, but, uh, and they were kissing in this picture. Um, and I'm pretty sure that that's where I zeroed in on the situation. So my stepmom also, you know, she, she was a peruser of the pop culture. She got the magazines and I'm pretty sure she bought that people magazine when we were living in Puyallup. I'm, I'm 97% sure that she did. And um, that's where I was like, oh, what's going on? I need to pay attention. And then the most important part of this whole thing. Actually, there's two. This is the first one. November 5th, MTV premieres one of the quintessential music videos of the 2000s, of the aughts. Jenny from the Block. If you have not seen this music video, I need you to pause. I need you to um, ask yourself why you're depriving yourself of important things. And then I need you to go on that little app, YouTube, and type in Jenny from the Block. Watch it. Sit for three minutes. Meditate. Maybe journal about the feelings that you're feeling um, post that euphoric experience. And then come back to me. So I will give you a second. Pause. Go do it. Okay, you're back. Yes. Yeah. It happened. Okay. The tan. JLo's tan. Ben's tan. The kissing of the butt. I would do it. Yeah, they're on the yacht. And it's styled like a paparazzi because, you know, they were being hounded. The 75 G's. And so it's like paparazzi following them on this yacht and, you know, oh, it's beautiful. And um, I, you know, I was sucked in. I said, okay, I'm here for this ride. I'm here. I'm here. And, uh, and then, and then November's the big month. Jenny from the block. And um, while, while they're in Boston, that Ben's not born and yeah, I'm not going to get over that for a minute that he wasn't born in Boston. Um, while they're in Boston at, uh, at Ben's mom's house, he proposes to her with the most beautiful ring to date. And if you love celebrities like I do, you have a favorite celebrity ring. You know, it might be Gaga, uh, her heart-shaped ring. I, I personally am very partial to Emily Ratajkowski's ring. I still think that's like one of the most stunning rings ever. Um, even though we hate her husband. Okay. We hate him. If you don't know why get on Google, maybe I'll talk about it one time, but I love her ring. Uh, but my favorite, the top, the pillar, the pinnacle of celebrity engagement rings 
is JLo's pink diamond. Um, it is so beautiful and it's so JLo. Like she, I don't, I don't know if she told Ben what to get, which, Hey, I'm a type A girl too. Okay. Why guess? I'll just tell you what I want, but it's so JLo. It's so ostentatious. It's so romantic. It's so girly. It's just so, oh my God, I love that ring. It's so beautiful. And, uh, it really, um, it's like a, a, a pop culture moment, that ring. It was incredible. And so he proposed to her and, uh, and the first time I saw the ring, um, was at my, it's my favorite. It's the whole reason I'm doing this episode. My favorite red carpet outfit, makeup, hair, the whole thing. It's the Daredevil premiere, which um, Ben's wife, Jennifer Gardner, was also in. Um, that's where they met. But uh, this this uh, red carpet, it's so 2003 in all the best ways possible. Um, but it is my favorite red carpet look from any celebrity. Uh she has her hair slicked back, highlights popping, the tan, incredible, um, and the dress, 2003, and her makeup, her, I, I have tried in all my years of being, wearing makeup, I've tried to capture what JLo did at this red carpet, like, it, she looks so beautiful and stunning. And I remember there's like this picture where, and it was like all over the magazines where she's like holding her hand up, showing the ring and she's smiling. I remember seeing that and just being like, oh my God, this woman is so beautiful. She's so stunning. And she's just like glowing, like literally glowing. She's so happy. The jewelry, the lip color is just so beautiful. And she has like soft green makeup, the, the false eyelashes she's wearing. I just, oh my God, I love that picture so much. I think it, that red carpet, I just think like she just looks so in love and she's so happy. And I'm, I just, it brings me joy to look at that picture. And that's a whole, I thought about that picture and I was like, that's, I'm, I'm going to do a podcast episode on j-lo and ben like that's going to be my first one because of that picture because it's just oh it's seared in my memory but it's stunning um so that that premiere was february 9th 2003 and then the next major thing came july 17th 2003 so they're in this bliss of oh my god we're so happy we're so in love we're you know my pink diamond ben reportedly paid a visit to a strip club in vancouver um, where he was recording a movie called Paycheck, which I don't even know what that movie is. I've never even heard of it. Um, you know, just a few hours after he had this interview with Access Hollywood, like that it aired, he went to the strip club and um, the National Enquirer. Yeah, that that they're on top of a lot of things like they, you know, I feel like they had like the weird like, you know, alien stuff like this woman's pregnant with, you know, alien dogs. But they also were like, 
they knew a lot of stuff. And wasn't like catch and kill, wasn't the National Enquirer a big part of that? Like they were talking about Harvey Weinstein. I feel like I remember that. I don't know. But the National Enquirer claimed he cheated with at least one woman and the encounter might have been caught on tape. And then the movie that brought them together, um, Jiggly, came out. And um, it had a $75.6 million budget and it made $7.7 million. Um, so to say it was a bomb is putting it lightly. And that's that's why I laughed when I brought up the movie because it is a terrible movie and it, it it's failed so spectacularly. Uh, and, um, yeah, it was, it was not good. And, uh, that, that came out right before when they were supposed to get married, like six weeks later, they were supposed to get married. And the day before they released a statement, um, via their spokesperson saying, due to the excessive media attention surrounding our wedding, we have decided to postpone the date. We found ourselves seriously contemplating hiring three separate decoy brides at different locations. We realized that something was awry. We began to feel that the spirit of what should have been the happiest day of our lives could be compromised. We felt what should have been a joyful and sacred day could be spoiled for us, our family, and our friends. And so the next day, the nuptials that were supposed to happen in Santa Barbara, because that's where a lot of celebrities get married, they did not happen. And um, and then by January, uh, a headline from the Chicago Tribune, of all places, um, read dumped. J-Lo officially ends the discourse and her relationship in a statement to the AP. I'm confirming that the reports that Jennifer Lopez has ended her engagement to Ben Affleck a rep states at this difficult time, we ask that you respect her privacy. We didn't respect her privacy because you have been dangling this relationship in front of us. And me personally, I'm 10 years old at this point going on 11. I'm devastated. I believed in their love and I was so upset and I remember being like at school, you know, being 10, being, (laughs) talking to my friends who could not give a shit. They were like, okay, we got it. But I was like, why couldn't we just leave them alone? Why did the paparazzi have to hound them? Because why did the paparazzi have to hound them? Oh, I know why. Because you called the paparazzi J-Lo. But I, you know, I didn't know the ins and outs of celebrity at 10 years old. So forgive me. But I was devastated, um, to put it lightly. I was so upset that that they didn't make it down the aisle. I just thought they were so beautiful um, together. And I was just in love with their relationship. But that doesn't stop our girl J-Lo. Okay, she said, yeah, it didn't work out, you know, but I'll be fine because uh, uh, she married Mark Anthony on June 5th. Yeah, they confirmed their engagement ending 
on January 23rd. And by June 5th, she's married um, to Mark Anthony. And uh, she wrote in her 2014 book, all the heartache and pain of my recent breakup couldn't have been for nothing, could it? Maybe I had to go through the bad so I can end up with the person I was meant to be with all along. Survey says that was a lie. Um, So a lot of people... Uh, because, like, Mark Anthony is, like, he doesn't, you know, he's not conventionally attractive. But people love him. He's huge in Latin America. And he was on Wendy. Um, and I I figured it out. I was like, oh, that's why she married him in six months. Because he has got swag. You know, not to take it back to 2012, but he's got swag. And I, I was like, okay, I get it. I understand. Uh, so, you know, she marries Mark, have the twins, la-di-da. And then um, October 23rd, which is my parents' anniversary. They're not married anymore. They got divorced. Um, you know, not my, not my biological mom and dad. My dad and my stepmom, October 23rd was their anniversary uh anyway not to make it sad but um j-lo or jennifer gardner and ben affleck make their first public appearance as benifer the sequel at the world series i remember those pictures um and they had met on the set of pearl harbor ben would later say that he fell in love with jen gardner on the set of daredevil I want to talk about Pearl Harbor for a moment, if, if, if you can indulge me. I'm going to go back. You know, the year was 2002 again. And they're all over the news, Ben and Jen. And I'm in daycare. This is the summer of 2002. I'm in daycare. And I had a friend named Olivia who... You know when, like, you, at least for girls um, or those who were, you know, raised as a girl, I, like, older girls, when you're at, like, a certain age, they just, like, want nothing to do with you. And I was nine and Olivia was 11. And Olivia never was one of those girls. She was still in daycare Like, the daycare let her stay, even though she had aged out. And she was just so kind to me. And she's from Hawaii. And she taught me how to hula. And we did that for our talent show. And she she was just, like, a very sweet person to me. And I wish I could find her because she was just so kind. And anyway, she came to daycare. It's summer. It's warm. I'm hot. And she's like, Yeah. I watched Pearl Harbor and I was like, what is that? Cause you know, I'm nine. I don't know what that is. And she's like Ben Affleck. And I was like, say less. Um, and my parents, which a little background on my dad. Um, my dad's cheap, like very cheap. Like, um, he got my stepmom's engagement ring at a pawn shop. That's how cheap my dad my dad is. Um, we got our TVs from pawn shops. My dad really loves pawn shops. 
And it's, I'm, listen, it rubbed off on me in a good way. Okay. Your girl loves a deal. My, my biological mom also, she's a couponer. Okay. She will always know how much a loaf of bread, a gallon of milk and eggs cost. She's from the hood. We know my, my parents, they instilled in me the value of a dollar. So I'm not hating on it, but my dad's cheap. And, um, this meant like, I didn't, we didn't get like, my husband is from a family. Like my husband's had Wi-Fi since like the nineties. Um, and I didn't grow up with internet. I was, you know, editing my, MySpace over at my friend's house. Uh, and I say all that to say that for some reason we had a DVD player relatively early compared to, you know, other things that transpired in my youth. So we had a DVD player and my dad had bought the Pearl Harbor. And I think it's because it was, you know, again, a place of 9-11. He was very America. And I think that, you know, he, he bought all the war movies on DVD. And so we had it. And I went home and watched it. And it's a very long movie. And if you haven't seen that movie, again, what are you doing with your life? I don't want to shame you. I really don't. But you need to watch that movie. It's very important. It is long. So you might have to break it up. But it's a very important movie. And not only because, like, you know, America was attacked, blah, blah, blah. But it that's important, okay? And I just recently, I went to Hawaii for the first time. And um, it was a trip of a lifetime. It was a trip I've been planning since I was 19. And side note, here's a tangent coming. I've been planning this trip since I was 19. And um, I had seen a YouTube video when I was 19 with Alana Blanchard. She was the girl that was with Bethany Hamilton when she got her arm bit off by a shark in Quay. She had this uh, YouTube series and I watched it and they're from Quay and I fell in love with Quay. And so I'm not a rich person because of my husband's career. I am solidly middle class and I am very aware of that privilege that's been afforded to me, um, because of my husband's career. And, but I, you know, we're, we're middle-class, we're not rich people. And this trip was very expensive. And, uh, we were at a luau, which I'll never go to a luau again. That's a story for a different time, but we were at a luau and there was this couple who are clearly very rich. Like you can just tell, and you know, we're chatting my favorite thing to do, talk, gab. And I told this couple, I was like, oh yeah, this is like, you know, I've been planning this trip since I was 19 for 10 years. And she was so like judgmental that it took me 10 years to go on this trip. And I'm like, sorry, you know, I'm a child of the recession. Like I don't like to have a lot of debt, hence why I didn't go to school until my mid 20s. But it was just like, it costs nothing to be kind to people. That it, so many people while we were in Kauai were like complaining about stuff just over and over. And I'm like, you're in Kauai. Like, you, this is, 
I've been dreaming of this for 10 years. There's people who've been dreaming of this for longer and they may never get the chance to. I just, I, I couldn't believe it. And I was like, oh my God, like it really got to me. And I just finally was like, you know what? I'm not going to let anybody ruin my trip. I had my few hours of like me and my husband just being like, I cannot believe people. And we were just like, put out our mind. So I digress. But on this trip, we also island hopped and went over to Oahu and went to the USS Arizona Memorial. And that is very important. And I think that the National Park Service does a beautiful job of telling the history of it, what happened, and... Um, you know, they make it a, the tour guide made it a point to say like, this isn't a place for you to be laughing and loud. This is, this is a final resting spot for a lot of men. And it, you, 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 I'm not somebody who sits there and is like, I hate America, but I am somebody who's like, "Mm, we could do better. And, um, don't very much like you and why don't we have universal health care but you can't help as I think any any national nationality but as an American at the Arizona Memorial you can't help but to feel like an eagle is soaring and I bleed red white and blue I'm just saying it's something you got to do and you got to go if you have the chance, I highly recommend it. But so Pearl Harbor, the movie, I watched it and my life was changed because one, it actually holds up. I mean, like there's some scenes that you're like, oh, that's a green screen. But like for being a movie that was made in 2000 and it's 2023, the graphics are, they're pretty good. They're, they're really good. So, you know, I got to give respect on that front to Michael Bay, who also I don't like. Uh, but, you know, he can make a movie. He's just an abusive piece of shit. Uh, and so I watch this movie. I am a changed woman, even though I'm nine, but I'm a changed woman. I go back to daycare and I tell Olivia, I watched it. You were right. It's life-changing. She was in love with Josh Hartnett, who is cute, but his hair, the way it grows out of his head. Is this judgy? Yeah, it's weird to me. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense, but his hair grows a weird way. My dad's hair grows a little bit like that. Um, She was in love with him, Danny. I, of course, was in love with Ben Affleck. And, um, you know, we were still at the age where we played pretend. And we'd play pretend Pearl Harbor. That is disturbing. And I can't believe I'm admitting that. But we'd play pretend Pearl Harbor. And it, was, it wasn't like the, the sad part of it. It was just like, you know, us being with Danny and Rafe. But Ben Affleck in that movie, just it was incredible. And after the Hawaii trip, my husband and I, we rewatched Pearl Harbor. And it's just, it's so good. It's such a good movie. Ben Affleck is so hot in that movie. He's so good looking in that movie. It's like unbelievable. I just, 
that he's like he's like an OG heartthrob for me. Um and I really am thankful for what he's given when it comes to Pearl Harbor. So thank you, Ben. Thank you for that. It means so much. And that brings us to current day, Benefer 2.0. Uh, and I'm happy for them. I, I did see that video recently where they seem to be in a little tiff at some sort of Hollywood event and the brilliant lip readers of TikTok figured out him saying, Jen, I promise I didn't have a drink because he's an alcoholic and, um, you know. If you are feeling like you want to be a vulture, you can. And I say that as a vulture, okay? You're not going to get any judgment from me. But if you feel like you want to be a vulture, Google the pictures of Jennifer Gardner taking him um, to rehab and stopping at, like, Jack in the Box or In-N-Out. I can't remember where they stopped at. But in the days preceding that, it's it's bleak and it's sad. Um, so I'm guessing that, you know, he's sober and JLo, she, she's a no bullshit girl. And so she's like, you better not be drinking. But if you don't want him to drink and you're that concerned about his sobriety, why are you drinking in front of him? I mean, she should be able to, I don't know. I don't, I'm, I don't know. I don't know the ins and outs of, of that kind of thing, but. If it was if it was me, I, I I probably wouldn't be drinking, um, until that person was really solid in their sobriety journey. So they're married. Um, I hope they make it. I hope they last. When it came out that they were dating again, you know, after <laughs> after if you watch Bravo, we have Madison Lacroix to uh to thank for all of this. Um, because she instigated the demise of JLo and A-Rod, a text, hey, I'm sure you saw the news, Ben, yeah, how are you doing? They get together and the rest is history. So I hope they make it. I hope that um, they grow old together. I think they really do love each other. I think that Jennifer Gardner, she's, you know, a, a sweet, sweet woman who is pure and good. But Ben, I think he needs the kind of woman that um, will really rein it in and uh, be on, on him about shit. And I just don't think Jennifer Gardner is that kind of person. And nor should she have to be. Like, you, you know, you... You should be an adult and handle your own shit. But I think he needs somebody like JLo who she said, you're going to handle your shit, but I'm going to be on top of you about it. And it, you know, the reports are that their kids get along and they really, you know, it's one big, happy, blended family. So I'm happy for them. And I, I don't think I can handle them breaking up again. I can't do that. Oh my God. If that happens, I will not be okay. I won't be okay. I don't even want to think about that. 
Well, that's it for me, guys. I hope that my first episode was fun and informative and you got a taste of my obnoxious personality. So, thanks.